Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch new episodes of Grey's Anatomy Thursdays at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You know, Shea Ganim is in the studio before I am, and he's got it up on global TV all the time. And so I'm, I'm looking up, and I believe the show is Days of Our Lives. And Patch is still on Days of Our Lives. Like, I was watching this guy on the show back in 1986. Brendan, he has been on that show longer than you've been alive. <laughs> like, significantly longer. Seriously, he was like the star of the show back in the mid-80s. So even you were, were homesick from school watching soap operas back in the day? You, you know the it? song uh, Broken Wings by Mr. Mister? Yeah. They used to play that song whenever he was on. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's like, a tone. <laughs> all right. That, so that gives you a little bit of a time frame. It was like uh, the the Halo. Uh, was it Hey Laura? They used to play on. Uh, oh, uh, young was it Young and the Restless? Anthony Geary's character, like it, it, this was when Mark Spector is the biggest Christopher Cross fan there is. I, he's told me this on numerous occasions. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. It's brought to you by Digitex. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. We will tell you uh, that uh, Mark Spector for Sportsnet, Spec for the Horses, and Horse Racing Alberta presenting live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. For more information, head to thehorses.com. We head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino. Excitement. Bet on it. Yes. Uh, Days of Our Lives. Patch is still on. Spec, were you a uh, at any point, were you ever a guy that occasionally watched soap operas? No, my wife will watch the odd one. Is, is Patch that really old guy that's been, is that like, uh, oh, God, I don't even know his name, man. There's the one guy that's been doing this thing for like 50 years. No, 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 no. Patch has been around for like 30. Okay. 30 yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. I know nothing about soap operas. I've never watched soap operas. That's a long time for you to have a crush on the same guy, though, Bob. I've got to say that. All the way since high school? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Wow, that's a lot of unrequited, unrequited I, love, Bob. I have not. No, no, I haven't watched him in like thirty years since eighty. I just looked up right now, like in like in the eighty six, eighty seven year. I remember watching Days of Our Lives, and I, I it's because normally I've got. I'll be honest with you. Normally it's on TSN or Sportsnet in studio. I flick it over, and today I just left it on, and well, away you go. So useless, wow. superfluous information. You wait a second. Back this up a little bit. You met Gord Downey. Uh, spec, uh, Marcus is thinking of Victor Newman. That's the guy I'm thinking of. Yeah, Victor he's been Newman. on forever. <laughs> That's the guy, Victor Newman. Uh, <laughs> Brian has texted the show to say, Patch is still on. How about Bo and Hope? Now, wasn't Hope played by Christian Alfonso? Oh, and, Bo, and Bo was Peter Reckle, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, it's, been, almost, it's been almost 40 years. 
Dino Bambino says the character's been on the show for almost four. I don't think it was 40. I think he came in around 85, 86, 86, 87. But yeah, you were a big... So, uh, and by the way, Christopher Cross. Did you did you like Christopher Cross back in the day? Chris, Chris Cross? No, I was never a big Chris Cross guy. Guy's fan. got a great voice. Great yeah, voice. Yeah, a good voice. Talented guy made a nice living for himself. The only soap opera that I watched on a daily basis, Bob, over and over again, and you know what it is, was the Flintstones. Yeah. Well, I... That was it. I drew my line after that. Even the Jetsons didn't hold me. No, the the Flintstones for for our generation, Mark. I mean, the the creative genius behind the show. You know, I mean, who I'm did they bad. steal a con? I'm who bad. did? They- who did they steal the concept of the show? Who was Fred's character based on on the Flintstones? It was the Honeymooners, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which was way before even our time. I never watched that show. It was, before, it was when TV was in black and white, for Pete's sakes. But, uh, yeah, no, the Flintstones was, uh, it starts and ends for me with the Flintstones. Do you remember during the lockout in 0405, because it was the lockout and there wasn't a lot going on. I mean, we could only talk, we didn't have a major junior team in town. The uh, the Eskimos did win the Grey Cup that year. But I saw, I think it was in like January or February of 06, there was no NHL. We knew that the league wasn't going to play. We did an entire show spec. I bet you that we could do an entire show on the Flintstones. (laughs) Bad, 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 right? On, no, seriously, we did an entire show on the Flintstones, and people just, they, they totally got into it, and they engaged. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you got to be a little older now to engage on that Flintstones. Today's, uh, the younger set that's listening to our show right now are not, they did not grow up with the Flintstones, sadly. Uh, they're deprived, I'll say that, but... Um, you know what? When you say that you're a Flintstones fan, it does date you these days, Bob. i got to admit it. This text comes in saying uh, Days of Our Lives is the best show ever. Uh, Bob, is this Oilers now or as the world turns? Uh, Bob, uh, <laughs> Stefano DeMiro is dead for real. Victor Newman was never on Days. He was on a different uh, different uh, uh, soap. Uh, Mitch says, really? Are we talking about soap operas? Well, I mean, you can argue that wrestling, as an example, is a version of soap opera for boys. That's right. Like the, the sort of right. The themes behind Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, Spec. Did you have Brad Seymour as a defense partner? This text comes in. Yes. Matter of fact, I did. Okay. Well, there you go. This is a sort of. I love it when we get off the rails here. So, Mark Spector joining us. Hey, Spec. Speaking of getting off the rails, it's rare when you're out at the lake that you feel so emboldened to respond to somebody else's tweet. But Mike Russo made a comment about the attendance at the World Juniors, and you felt compelled uh, to uh, to at least chime in and give them a little bit of perspective. Canada ultimately went in in front of about 13,000 fans on Saturday night. The Finns, man, they find a way to hang around, don't they? Yeah, it was a fabulous. I did watch a good chunk of that game. It was a really good game. Uh, Give the Finns credit. But you know what? I I saw over it. It was just sort of, and Mike is a, you know, first of all, he's one of the most respected hockey journalists out there. He's a very good and longtime friend of mine. So there's no animosity there. But I did see the theme over the course of the World Junior that, you know, harping on Edmonton as a sports town because there wasn't enough people at the games. And as I said to Mike, it just requires a little homework and a little context here. You can't just look at the stands and go, oh, no one's there. Edmonton's a bad sports town. And I think I would I would extend that to say it is a little rich when any American hockey person <laughs> 
looks up at Edmonton and says, gee, you're putting on a World Junior. There's not many people there. Anyone who's ever seen a World Junior that takes place in the States, if they don't put it within 30 miles of the Canadian border, uh, they can play it in a in a Junior A arena for how many people they get. So, you know what? I'll stand up for my town a little Good bit once in a while, Bob, and I'm happy to do it. Wow, we got corrected on uh, Think of Laura by Christopher Cross. It was from General Hospital, and the characters' names were Luke and Laura, and that comes to us from Northside Lou. <laughs> There's a... There... <laughs> <laughs> there is a uh, a radio commercial that's on Sirius Satellite Radio on the uh, college uh, sports uh, number eighty four, whatever it is, about uh, getting insurance quotes from a guy named Lou, <laughs> Doctor Lou, and uh, so Northside Lou just texts us. That's awesome. You can text us at seven eight. Thanks a lot, Northside Lou. So four separate texts came in uh, from different people, including B and BB. How about that? What are the chances about? Uh, General Hospital and Luke and Laura respect the stuff. By the way, did you, what did you ask me about Gord Downing? Because people are saying I ignored your question. Yeah, you ignored my question. Did you? Uh, you actually met Gord Downing? Yeah, he was on the plane. No way. Yeah, cool. I never met Gord Downing. Preseason 2009. Um, the Oilers are going to play a preseason tilt in Calgary, and so it would have been. I, I think it was the last preseason game that year, and Gord. Uh, it was the first year that we did Oilers Lunch on the other station. So you and me did uh, Total Sports together for five years from 03 to 08. I didn't do a show 08, 09, just did the color. Then we I did the color on Chet at uh, 9.10, but did uh, Oilers Lunch 9.10. Uh, anyhow, long story short, uh, Gord's on the plane. He's he's sitting there, and uh, Kevin waved me over. Kevin Lowe was sitting with him. They were, they were working together on a thing called Water Keepers. Okay. Yeah. And Kevin said, "Bob, I want you to meet Gord Downey." And I said, "Hey, I just oh. want—I I said I just want you to know, Gord, that um, uh, you know I—I I worked in a different industry in the past, in a reforestation business, and we had kids from all over Canada, and we often couldn't agree on politics, but we agreed on one thing: everybody loved the tragically hip." And he looked at me and said, "I have someone close to me in my life that used to plant trees, and they said the exact same thing." <laughs> they would have these kids from all over the place, and some of them were left wing, and some were right wing. But you know, so he was the awesome. spec. He was the most humble guy, and I said, I don't mean to be a jerk, but uh, would you know? I can see he's looking at me like, here comes the ask. I go, What do you want me to sign? I do a little radio show. How would you feel about coming on and doing our show? So he said, Sure. Can I talk about Phil Kessel? Because <laughs> he liked Phil Castle, and it was a huge Bruins fan, right? Right, and it was right around the time that uh, Kessel ended up going from Boston to Toronto. Well, it was. It was that year. He got traded. He got traded to Toronto for two yeah, first. Did you ever do your show? Yeah, he did my show the next day. Oh, for Pete's sakes. Yeah, well, you were you already meeting in Ross McLeod at the back of the building at that point, I think. So yeah, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Flatting, flatting, yes, your your ultimate takeover from down the road. All right, so so you stuck up, you stuck up for uh, for for Edmonton, the city of Edmonton. Uh, what did you think of the championship game itself? Well, intriguing is you know you can strip away all the all the superfluous. You know, things, the Hockey Canada scandal, the third tournament in two years, the not very good crowds, the, the, all of the stuff, and just boil it down to, you know, 20 kids on each team trying to win a gold medal at the World Junior. And in the end, that 
that level won out over all the rest. You know, the crowd was good. That's nice. All the rest of the stuff can go away. We watched that hockey game, and you just saw the Finns, how decimated they were when they lost. You saw the play by McTavish to save the game. I mean, who, who makes that play? I've never seen a game save quite like that in, in overtime of a championship game. Uh, you know, they, I mean, Kent Johnson scores the winning goal a few seconds later. Like, it had everything. Frankly, that game deserved to be played in, you know, on January 7th in front of 18,500 people with 6 million people watching across the country. Unfortunately, it didn't get that treatment, but you sure can't blame the kids out there because they delivered. Yeah, and, you know, and, and obviously there, there are so many contributing factors it is a, it's a different championship when it's played in the summer spec. It's just that simple and it's not time for our sport in the summer, Bob. Yeah, you know, you got a lot of people that that, that want to be away um and you take a it's a, I I am kind of like you. It's pretty rich here and uh, anybody from the states commenting I, I mean, hey, it's <laughs> they have the event in Buffalo twice. Why do they have it in Buffalo? Cuz they need Canadians driving across the border to help uh, drive ticket sales. They have it in uh, North Dakota. In North Dakota, they need people from Winnipeg driving across the border. If it ends up in Seattle, they're going to need yeah. people in the state of Washington. They're going to need people from the lower mainland in BC driving across the border to help drive the crowds. The fact that they had 13,000 given all of the confluence of events that occurred, um, I thought was actually, I believe they sold 8,000 tickets uh, spec between Canada's semifinal game and the final. so yeah, Because there was tickets to be had, and, and people decided, you know what, I'll go to this gold medal game because I'm in the city and all that. But it, listen, the, the president of the IIHF said when asked, what did you learn from having this World Juniors in August? Uh, his answer was very succinct. He says, don't try to run this tournament in the summer again. Yeah. So you know what, if, if, if you find a way to play a world junior in Edmonton and it, it becomes a financial bit of a financial flop. That's saying something, Bob, because that's hard. You know what? You, if I told you there's going to be a world junior in Edmonton and it wasn't going to make money, you'd laugh at me. They found a way to do that and they won't find a way to do that again anywhere yeah, else. And then I, I feel horrible for the organizing committee. Just everything. Me too. Me you know. too. They had three runs. They, they kept getting this thing dropped back in their lap, Bob, right? 100%. You know, here have the have the 2021 World Junior. Oh wait, it's in a bubble. So spend all this money, but we'll give you the next one. Oh wait, halfway through we got to cancel it. Here we'll give you one more, but we're going to put it in August. I mean, the poor organizing committee. Right. I'll tell you right now, the Edmonton Oilers organization. Uh, this was not a financial windfall. It was every bit the opposite, and and a lot of people did a ton of work to make this thing go. And it was like pushing the boulder up the hill, Bob. It was just never going to get there. All right. So we're going to have a little bit of fun here, Spec, just to conclude. Uh, the Edmonton Elks need to play in the Eastern Conference. The CFL East has been bad forever. Somebody forgot to tell A.J. Jakobek, who's coming on our show on Thursday. He was on Brendan uh, on with Brendan on the uh, Elks pregame. Brendan, what was the exact, what did he exactly say? To, by the way, what's the name of the pregame show? Let's give it a plug. <laughs> the countdown to kickoff show. Thank you. And uh, yeah, AJ uh, did go so far as to say he thought the Elks were the worst team in the league before the game last week. Uh, you are what your record, uh, you know, you are what your record says you are. 
the last time I checked, Ottawa's won one game this year, Speck. I find it a little rich yeah. that a guy's sitting there saying that the Elks are the worst team in the league when the team that he's doing play-by-play for has done one game. Uh, we'll yeah. have fun with AJ on Thursday. Give me your take. Well, I watched actually uh, from about the second quarter on in that game, and, and you know what? I will give the Elks credit for you know the first half was brutal. They made a lot of mistakes, a lot of unforced errors, and they, they looked like the team we've been watching. But you have to give them credit for turning it around at halftime. They're, the coaching staff made the right adjustments. Uh, I thought the offense stopped biting off big chunks, and they, they just moved the ball upfield nicely. I thought there was some patience, and they, they found a couple of little areas they could exploit in the Ottawa defense, and they went hard after them. And they didn't try to win a football game in half a quarter. They just they drove that ball up the field. They found out something that worked, and they didn't get off it. Uh, and Ottawa never figured out how to stop it. So, you know what? It, it was really the first sign of, of, of consistent execution. I haven't watched every quarter ball by any means. Me neither. But what I saw in the second half was, I think, what we haven't seen all year was 30 minutes of consistent execution uh, of grabbing a team by the throat and not letting go, and a team that got a little bit disciplined and stopped taking all the penalties they've taken all year. So, you know, Ottawa's not very good, man. So we're not building a season off of one win in Ottawa, but you got to start somewhere. And there's a lot of positives to take out of that game for them. I see they brought in a new quarterback today, the three-time MVP of the of the indoor football league, Bob. Oh, okay. Well, we'll get Brendan to tell us about that. One more for you, Spec. <laughs> The St. Louis Cards' Albert Pujols hit his 693rd career home run Monday night. He's fourth shy of, of passing Alex Rodriguez for fourth most Major League Baseball history. Mark, Pujols is hitting 453 with a 500 on base percentage and a 962 slugging percentage since the All-Star break. They all rank first in the majors. He's 42. Like, I know he never lived up to that massive contract he signed with the Angels and Trout supplanted him as, you know, the best hitter in baseball. All The guy's 42. He's got a 453 average, five, uh, 500 on base percentage, 962 slugging since the All-Star break. This guy is on fire. Wow. Well, he, he is. And at 42, this is, to me, looking from the outside, I don't know Albert personally, and I'm not watching every Cards game, but he's a great, great player, a walk-in Hall of Famer. And if I would like to see if he hits, if he gets to 700, he needs, what, seven more home runs? He should hit 700. And he should wave to the fans, and he should never come back <laughs> because this is the last heater that a 42-year-old is going to get, <laughs> and he is just killing it. You know what they say, Bob? He went in the home run competition at the All-Star game, uh, which he skipped a few times, and you know, old guys usually stay out of those. He went in it, and ever since then, he's been knocking it out of the park. So I hope he gets to 700. He wasn't, uh, he wasn't an All-Star for a number of years. That's part of the reason why he wasn't in the home run competition. There is that, Bob. There is that. <laughs> All right, Spec. Great stuff. We'll talk out for a quick hit on Friday, okay? All right. Sounds good, Bobby. 123 in Edmonton. That is Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Presenting live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking and admission are free. For more information, head to thehorses.com. It is 124 in Edmonton, and you're listening to Oilers Now on 630 Chad, the play-by-play voice of the Edmonton Oilers and the Edmonton Elks. takes me back to HMCS Nonsuch Student Youth Employment Program 1982. Oh yeah. Lake Wobberman learning how to sail back in the day. 
<laughs> Nothing like the uh, feds doing make work projects for kids in the summer. You ever learn how to what sail? Part of, what part of Lake Wobbaman? Like, I don't know, right off the highway. Right off, right off I are you familiar with that area? Yeah, that's my girlfriend's family has a cabin in a, or a pardon a cabin on Wabaman. It's so. it, it was it was awesome. Beautiful lake. So we had two different uh crews of twenty five people and ended up raiding each other at night and everything. So I was going in a grade twelve that year. It was it was a lot of fun. It was uh and and that that's right around the wheelhouse of when that's the, I think that song came out in, I think in nineteen eighty one. You can look it up. The guy had an awesome voice, Christopher Cross. And he was a, uh, you know who he was a fan of? One of the greatest running backs of all time. A guy, now, not an explosive running back, uh, but definitely a guy, a terrific power back. The Tyler Rose out of Texas, Earl Campbell. He used to wear an Earl Campbell Houston Oilers jersey. And... Uh, that's when they had tearaway jer- jerseys, and Campbell was like he had a real thick build. Like you watched Herschel and Hersh, like Herschel and Bo Jackson, they were just like Bo was by far the most explosive. Herschel was really good. Like Georgia was good every year. Like I think Georgia lost two games the entire time that he was there. But uh, Earl Campbell was pretty darn good too. And Christopher Cross was a huge Houston Oilers fan and Earl Campbell fan back in the day. It's that sort of useless information that you come for for this show. In Texas, at 780-496-0063. Here we go. (laughs) Hey, Bob, uh, regarding Team Canada's victory, does that not remind you of um, the guy from Dallas that missed the open net? That's Patrick, uh, Patrick Stefan and fell down. I can't remember who passed the puck to, I think, Hemsky to score the winning goal was a shocker, and the save by McTavish was a shocker as well. Was that Jared Stoll that fired the 120-foot pass up the ice? Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Bob, uh, G has texted the show to say, Earl Campbell had the biggest thighs I've ever seen it to customize his pants. They did. He was almost impossible to tackle back in the day. All right, speaking of uh, tackles, uh, well, he was not a tackle, but he was a safety after playing quarterback. Trent Brown uh, from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers, a reminder that the Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you all season long by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's as simple. They're the best. You know, you can... uh, you can bring him, bring me back with a hey, Laura, a little bit later on, too. I wouldn't mind that. 129 in Edmonton, off to a global news weather traffic update. Eileen Bell, Al May, when we return out of Washington or Texas or Minnesota, one of those places when we return on Oilers Now.